So Psalm 46 is where we we are this evening, and uh, I was just listening to uh, Shane and Shane sing this psalm uh, this morning, actually, and uh, from their psalm CD, and that song, Lord of Hosts, Lord of Hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire. If you've never heard it, it's a good one to download. That whole album is amazing, and uh, they're singing these psalms, and sometimes, like when you're just getting used to the album, you might put the CD in or... Most of us don't buy CDs, unfortunately, anymore. The, but you'll buy the digital album and let it just play on your phone or whatever. And and uh, you don't know really what song it is. You're like, oh, that sounds cool and everything. And then you realize, wait a minute. there, You know, what, what song are they in? I know that one. You know, it just because sometimes it's just a song that's playing. And then uh, you realize, oh, well, this this whole album is called Psalms Volume 2. And uh, it was, uh, this is uh, one of my favorite songs that they do. And um, it's, a, it's a great one. So um, we'll, uh, we'll get into Psalm 46. Before we do, um, I, I am afraid that I would forget. Tomorrow, uh, Sarah, tomorrow is the meeting. Can you share with uh, everybody here uh, the significance of what's happening tomorrow at the, in Augusta? Is that where it's? And you can go on Speak Up for Life, and you can speak through Zoom if you so choose. But bodies in the room will absolutely impact, you know, I believe the people to see that more people want to take a stand against this bill than not. So I will be there tomorrow. We start speaking at noon, and I will be speaking to testify against why, because someone who's had an abortion, it does impact your life forever. It's not something, you know. If you didn't hear her, she said up to 40 weeks. Uh, I have a relative in my family that was born at 25 weeks, uh, has physical um, difficulties. 25 weeks you can live. 25 weeks. Another 14 weeks in the womb. I mean, you're talking about there's there's argument on the other side. We believe in the, that, that life begins at conception. That's what the scripture teaches. <clears throat> when you're talking about a baby, it's a baby. It's not a fetus. It's not a, 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 a contents of your uterus. Um, when uh, my wife uh, lost our uh, child between uh, our oldest two, uh, that's what the doctor said. Uh, the doctor said we're going to extract the contents of your uterus. What it did is it may it took out all of the personal uh, part of of that child and made it an object. And this is a wicked plan. This is a wicked thing that's being put forth. Regardless of the we all I I know that we're all. Um, uh, we understand that life begins at conception. It's even more horrifying and atrocious to think that somebody at the at 36 weeks, which is considered full term, all you know, you're talking about a baby that is born that anybody else could take and raise. Janet Mills, our governor, wants to move forward with the ability for somebody to take that child's life. And that's what it is. 
That is what it is. It's taking that life from that child. For for yeah, for no it, it is it's absolutely atrocious. What they're what they're trying to do is say, well, they're trying to give that baby no rights. No rights at all. And uh, that's okay. Well, if if something were to happen to that mother where that mother's life is taken from them, whoever has taken that life is convicted of taking two lives. So that right there is is a problem, right? Do you, do you see the hypocrisy of what's happening? It's wicked and and hypocr yes. My concern here is there are a couple of other states that did that, and then in turn now you have thirty days to go to return. That you can have an abortion. That's after the birth. Oh, no. So I think this is just... This... Guys, I was having a conversation today at the soccer field with another believer who loves the Lord very, very dearly. And she was sharing with us. She's like, based on what we're seeing and what we're facing and what's happening in the world right now, I can't see that the Lord isn't coming back soon. It's just like it's just it's it's so so wicked right now, you know. When when you're looking at what we're dealing with, that that child isn't being looked at as a child. It's a, just an inanimate object that's inside somebody. It's the contents of your uterus. That is such a wicked movement. Oh my goodness, we we need to be on our faces praying. That oh my goodness, I have to. Uh, I wish I could say I would. Uh, I don't know. I I was going to say I have to believe that somebody's going to go in there and say, "Wait, this is absolute extreme. This this is extremism. This is extremism." You know, I I'll be considered an extremist for saying that. Whatever. Uh, I I no. That is a murder of a baby. When you're talking about a full term baby, that is so wicked. So wicked. Guys, the world we're in. This country, God bless America for what? What? Why? How, where do we honor him? We don't. We just want his blessings. This shouldn't even be a discussion. This is sickening. It's, it's disgusting. These same people would lose their minds if this was puppies. Absolutely lose their minds. As would I. I don't want puppies murdered. I don't want babies murdered. It's awful. Awful. We need to be on our face in prayer. Let the Lord deal with this. Let's, let's pray about it right now. God, oh, it's, it's so horrifying to think that our state, the state of Maine, is, our, is even at a place where there, it would be considered that, that even up to a full-term uh, child, baby, could be stripped of its life, murdered, because somebody just doesn't want it. Oh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move and protect the unborn. Not any act of violence, nothing like that, Lord, but that your Spirit would move and cause revival in this nation, in this state. Oh, God, protect them. Let the voices heard tomorrow speak so profoundly. And so, so well, Lord, that it would move those that are even trying to do it to even strike it, Lord. We lift this to you and ask you to take care of it. Such a wicked bill.
oh God, forgive us for where this we as mankind are. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Without it, we are absolutely nothing, and we have no hope. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we lift this to you. Amen. Should not even have to pray about something like that. But, oh, it's awful. Not only does it take that life, but every believer that I know that has gone through and had an abortion, the um, heartbreak that has come from it, the, 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 the weight, the pain, um, as they realize that what they may have done years ago, not thinking of it this way, it's torturous. Let us be ministers of the gospel and sharing that there is. We have we have the the flyer. It's it doesn't look professional at all. It was a printed flyer that I think they emailed to me or mailed to me, and uh, from for, First Step Pregnancy Resource Center. It's this is such a profound thing that when it happens, those that come around and say what what, what happened, understand we need to preach to them and share with them that God loves them and that God is ready to forgive them and restore them. And that there are things like Bible studies happening at a place like uh, First Step Pregnancy Resource Center right in Bangor that's available to those families. And uh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Psalm 46. The... <clears throat> My Bible says, God, the refuge of his people and the conqueror of the nations. As a theme, setting the theme to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song of Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, looking at verse 1, God is our refuge. God is the one we run to. When all things, like you think of refuge means you're running there for safety, right? God is our strong tower. He's the one that we would go to to be safe. So when they say that, God is our refuge and our strength. And strength. He's the one that, that, that protects us and he's also our strength when we fight. For the children of Israel, uh, the, the sons of Korah, as they're writing this, representative of of God being mighty on their behalf uh, and fighting for them, we can be of the same mind. We can we can carry this same uh, sing this same tune. You know, God is our refuge and strength, a very has the present help in trouble. Like notice that the word "very" is in, in front of that. Very present, very present help. He is here. There, the, you see the emphasis that's placed there. A very present help. That God is here. Can we see the Lord with our, our vision? No. But this is how we know as believers that when we are facing a battle, we know we have to know based on the scriptures and what they tell us, he is very present with us and he is our help in need. He is the one that is our help. You know, when we uh, get to the point we talked about, I think even last week, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we're going to trust in the Lord. The name of the Lord our God. That's where the victory is. You know, how many mighty uh, mighty nations have we read of that failed and they fell in front of the Lord? 
think of Egypt. Think of Egypt following the children of Israel, right? The mightiest nation in the world. They're on chariots and horses. Egypt's, uh, Israel's on, uh, you know, walking in front of them, trying to get away. And at one point, just running. They're scared. <clears throat> God uses Moses to open the Red Sea. And Will has shared this. This isn't the Reed Sea that the most powerful nation, that's, that's one argument that the most powerful nation in the world drowned in a foot and a half of water in chariots. That's a stupid presentation. Okay, you can just look and go, would you die in a foot and a half of water up to your knees? With the mighty nation? No. No, it's the Red Sea. That's why it's a miracle. They walk through on dry ground, water all around them. Who won that victory for Israel? God. Israel didn't have to do anything. Nothing. Run. <laughs> right? That was what they had to do. Get out of here. And God delivered them. We God does not need us. God wants us to cry out to him. As, uh, as our refuge, as the one to help us in a time of need. Because he is our refuge and strength, a very present help of a time of need. Uh, verse 2, therefore, because, uh, it, it, what's the therefore, right? We've heard this, right? What's the therefore, therefore? Because God is our, our refuge and our strength and our very present help in time of need, we will not fear. If we truly trust the Lord, we're not going to. God, what does scripture say? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. Anybody here ever feared before? I'm going to raise two hands. <laughs> right. We've been there. We have greatly feared. You know, what does the Lord do with our fear? Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear, for I am with you. Go back and read Joshua 1. You know, if you're trying to figure out what's going on in Joshua's heart and how many times the Lord said, Do not be afraid, I am with you. Don't be afraid. I'm with you, right? Because Joshua was afraid. You know, it, Moses had just died, and Joshua's now in control. Now, it, it balls in, in your hand. You've got to, you've got to take this and run with it. You know, you're, you're the leader now. And as Joshua is, is taking command and and leading the people, the Lord's message to him was, "Don't fear. I'm with you." Don't fear, I'm with you. What have, we, what have we been studying on Wednesday nights? You know, we're in, in Genesis right now. And when you consider uh, all, all the times, the four times that we read in one chapter of, of what was happening in Joseph's life, everything that's happening that's, that would be so discouraging. And what is the encouragement? But God was with Joseph. But God was with Joseph four times. Right. It's it's constant throughout the scripture that as we're as we're following the Lord and, and we're being obedient to his word and we're walking in him. He is the one that's with us. He is the one that is our strength. We are going to face things that are going to seem insurmountable to us. Had another conversation even uh, yesterday and I, I can't remember who we were, we were to track me. And uh, we were standing there talking to somebody and I'm like, yeah, the Lord's not going to give you any more than you can handle. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he will. Because he wants us to lay, lay our cares at his feet and, and to trust him to carry us through that, right? So we can share that. We can share that and say, you know, uh, that, I know it's a popular saying, but if you look at the scripture, he likes to give us the impossible and let us rely on him for him to take care of it. Amen? Right? It's awesome. So we, uh, and I like how verse 2 starts with therefore. We can look at it as because of all these things, we will not fear. 
even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. You know, all these things are happening. You know, consider, uh, you guys ever felt a, like a, a an earthquake here? We don't feel it very much here in Maine. But you ever, like, I remember years ago we were, um, uh, Jen and I had uh, bought, it was a two-year-old uh, mobile home, almost brand new. And it was a little bit bigger than uh, than the the slab that it was sitting on, so um, uh, it was it was fair. It was a sixteen by eighty, you know. And and uh, by then, at that point, I think we had one kid, and yeah, we had one kid. Ashley wasn't here yet, and uh, um, it was just three of us living in that house. And and uh, I don't remember how long it was uh, that we were living there, but we had an earthquake on like MDI. Or something, and we live in Bucksport. You know, it, it, that's where the, the our our place was, and and uh, the whole house shook. And I'm like, a washer, like, what is going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you could feel that. And we were, I don't know how, you know, we're an hour away from that, and we felt that. And I'm like, and then we heard what happened. Oh man, I couldn't have imagined. We've heard of you know the devastation an earthquake can bring, right? You think of that, the 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 the, the earth shaking and. Uh, you know, the earth be removed, you know, when you when you consider uh, the earth even just put it, consider it even shaking or mountains being moved. I mean, those are things like even if those things are happening, they're they're saying that as they're writing this, we're not going to fear because of the Lord and who he is. Now, how likely are we to see a mountain move? Probably not. I mean, there's a high probability that we're not going to. Right. What's really awesome is Ashley told me that at her track meet, I think it was yesterday, she had a, a mustard seed necklace on. Someone's like, is that a mustard seed? She's like, yeah. It's like, you know, what you're talking about if you have the faith of a mustard seed, then you could say to a mountain move. And the girl's like, yeah, my old coach was religious. And she said something about a mustard seed. <laughs> like, you know, but I was so I was so proud of my daughter. I'm like, and she had the offer, like God opened the door and she went boom right to it, you know, and. Uh, just from wearing a seed, a necklace, you know, and being able to share, you know, her faith in, in, in a time where you might get scared, you know, and, and you might have that, but, but that she, that she was ready to just share when we have uh, that faith, when we understand who wins our battles for it. Actually, we just sang that song, you know, it's not my war to win. We can lay everything at the Lord and be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I don't have this. We can lay all that at the Lord's feet and just say, I need you to take care of it. That's not going to, oh, it's not like God's going to be, oh, man, I, uh, how many Christians are there? Uh, can I take care of this? Okay, I got Like, God, boom, done. He spoke this world into existence. And if he knows us so well that he knows the number of hairs on our heads, I think our problems are okay at his feet. But what do we do with our problems? No, the mountain's going to crumble on me. Right? That's that's our our. our fleshly response to what we're going through we have to tell how many times in 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 the psalms does david say praise the lord he's commanding his soul you will praise the lord trust in the lord right it's, it's that command to do those things because we don't want to <laughs> that's our problem right we're weak we're weak you know this morning we were uh talking about the power of the holy spirit that the apostles in our study are just about to get, you know, when we turn the page and we get into Acts chapter two next week, 
we'll, we'll see that promise from the Father, the Holy Spirit coming to empower. And the, 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 the Spirit, Jesus said, would come, and once they have that, they'll have the power to be witnesses. It wasn't, it, Jesus didn't say, you're going to be able to do a whole bunch of magic tricks. Or you're gonna have you're gonna be able you're gonna be strong like a superhero and nothing's gonna go wrong in your life. He says I'm gonna empower you to be my witnesses. That's that's key right there. We have we we can look at that that power from the Holy Spirit. What did it do? Filled them to overflowing, and they had to preach the gospel. It had to pour out of them. They had the power from God, and they had to just uh, just pour out their hearts and, and share the hope that they had. Verse 4, there was a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. You know, when you consider the river and streams that uh, that shall make glad the city of God, they're already talking here of of that nation of the the nation of Israel, and the, what is this city? Uh, you know, when you when you consider in Israel, Jerusalem. You know that that he would be their peace. That God, with God in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. You know, when you consider God being in Israel. Right. Okay. So, if if we could actually see God standing next to us, do you think? Right. And I and I shared this before. Um, uh, do you think that there would be any uh, hesitation to go do ex anything He told you? If you knew He was physically, like you could see Him sitting right next to you, you could see Him walking with you. Were, are we going to fear anything? Absolutely not. Right. You know, if you think of a kid. You know, if a kid, if you say, hey, Superman's going to walk with you tomorrow, you're going to be walking around, chest pumped out. You're like, nobody's messing with me, right? That, that, that whole confidence, because that, it, that person is right there. God is a very present help. He is right there. We can walk into something. You know, when, when you consider, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, the rod for correction and the staff to protect. All those things, just understanding that our shepherd, we can trust in the good shepherd. We can trust in him and not have to worry about anything. That, 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 that peace that comes. God is in the midst of her, it says. Uh, she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. <laughs> anybody can rage. Anybody can do anything they want. Uh, and uh, just understand none of it is is uh, a concern to the Lord. Uh, he's, he's going to take care of every battle. Now, uh, sometimes we don't know exactly, uh, you know, what situation happened to uh, stir the hearts of somebody when they were writing the Psalms. We don't know, okay, was it this thing? Or sometimes there's a direct correlation. They say this and you go, oh, that happened here. You know, there's speculation that this is is speaking of uh, of what happened in, in Second Kings, uh, chapters 18 through 20, when uh, they had um, their uh, they had the Assyrians there, and they had um, excuse me, they had one just standing there mocking them, 
and say, I'm, I'm going to read to you some of the some of the things that were said. And uh, you tell me this doesn't sound like the voice of our enemy uh, to us. Then the king of Assyria, I, I'm in Second Kings. Actually, would you turn with me? Um, and, and we'll look at a, a few things here. Second Kings 18. Sorry to spring that on you late. I'll give you a minute, though. Now, Hezekiah uh, in 18, we're going to pick up in 17, had just taken over, and he's reigning in Judah, and he was a godly king. In uh, a quick note in verse 3, it says that Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. In uh, verse 4, it says that he removed the high places and, and uh, all those things of false worship. In verse 5, it says he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him uh, was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor were nor who were before him, for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. And uh, it goes on to say he rebelled against the king of Assyria. So as they're rebelling, it's getting Assyria's attention. And Assyria's response in verse 17 of Second Kings 18 says, Then the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabs, Rabsaris, and the Rabshekah uh, from Lachish with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they had come up, they went and stood by the aqueduct uh, from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. Then the Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? So here they're already saying like, okay, you, you got a plan. Your plan is a joke. They're, see what they're doing? Trying to instill fear in the hearts of, of, of Israel. Verse 21, now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, uh, to all who trust in him. Verse 22, But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he who has high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and, uh, ha and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. It's a, he's, he's mocking them. He's like, you don't even have enough people to ride these horses. 
You're going to say you trust in the Lord? You, that's a joke too. He's This is a mockery. This isn't like a business proposition. He is mocking Israel. He's showing absolute disregard. Total disregard. And it continues. And uh, verse 25, have I now, uh, are we there? Um, uh, verse 24, how then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Uh, have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against uh, this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah uh, said to the Rabshakeh, please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. Right? So they're trying to protect everybody there. Here you are. You're scaring us and everything. But the Rabshakeh, verse 17, uh, 27 says, but the Rabshakeh said to them, has my master sent me to them? Uh, so it sent me to your master and to you to speak these words and not the men who sit on the wall who uh, will eat and drink their own waste with you. Guys, this is not peaceable. This is like you guys, you, you think you're going anywhere? You're not going anywhere. You're going to stay in here. You're going to run out of food and water and guess what you're going to eat and drink. It's awful. This is this is a as big as a threat as it gets, right? This isn't the, hey, 2.30 after school, meet me in the parking lot, right? This, that, this isn't anything like that. Then the Rabshakeh of 28 stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from uh, his hand, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord. You, guys, do you see how obvious this is, right? Put a spiritual spin on this, okay? Has our enemy ever talked to us like this? I, I, I'm sure. I know every one of us in here and, and that, that, that has been walking with the Lord for any time has heard the voice of the enemy saying this. Any one of us. Anybody who has said... I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Boom, here comes the attack, right? Let's go back, verse 29. Um, uh, no, 30, sorry. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Right? Don't let Hezekiah trick you. Right? This window has been doing its thing. I'm going to glue it shut or, or screw it shut, nail it shut, whatever we can do. Um, yeah, it's what it's doing is opening and shutting with the wind. So we'll have to put up with it. <laughs> Thank you, though, brother. So we'll have to put up with it. If you hear it, that's just it. Are we not talking? <laughs> do we not see this, right? We're literally talking about being prepared, right, and not fearing, not fearing our enemy. You can go back um, uh, to Psalm 46. We're right in the middle talking about spiritual warfare, talking about the victory we have in Christ and not fearing, though everything else is melting around us, the peace that we can have in him and trusting in him. Verse 7 of Psalm 40. 
8, uh, 46, sorry, says, The Lord, uh, did we finish 6? Yes, we did. Uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So they're going back. They're talking about the Lord, the one that has carried them through, and the God of Jacob. You know, we, we've, we've just studied a lot about Jacob's life, right, and the victories Jacob had uh, in his life. The God of Israel, uh, Jacob, uh, his name was changed to uh, governed by God, wasn't it? So when they say the God of Jacob, the one that was the God of our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. I have this song, and, and we're going to end up learning it. It's a powerful song. You know, I encourage you, Shane and Shane, Psalm 46. Get it, because there's no way to like sing that song and not be encouraged and not just start trusting the Lord and start singing. Lord of hosts, you're with us. You're with us in the fire, with us in the shell as a shelter, with us in the storm. You will lead us um, through the fiercest battles. Oh, where else would we go but with the Lord of hosts? That's that's the chord. They sing it awesome. It's Shane and Shane. Those guys are the some of my favorites, right? It's such a powerful thing. And where does it come from? This song. And he, and and as they're 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 singing in the beginning of it, they're quoting. And they're talking about, come behold the works of, of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. You know, when God does something, there's, there's not an enemy of the Lord that can stand. There's, there's nothing that can stand against him. You know, it's standing against him is, is like the ultimate. I, I mean, you guys ever watch um, uh, the early days of the ultimate fighting UFC? Like early, early days. I mean, you're talking like, I remember, I think UFC like one, right? There were no weight classes. It was just an all out brawl. Who's going to win this thing? No holds barred. I mean, you go in and they're like gouging. eyes. I, I didn't see that, but I mean, these guys, they're fighting. There's this massive mountain of a person. And there's these little, I watched a little guy beat the snot out of a huge dude, totally out of his weight class, knocked him right out. You know, there's just the like when you when you think of these things and you're like, there's no way that would happen. You know, just watching that just spiritually, it's so much more than that. But I, I just I just remember that and it, it just flew into my mind as we're talking, just considering some of the beasts, these big, massive people that that would stand in there. And you're like, there's no way. And they would get beaten. You know, there there is no man. You know, think of think of how foolish it is that mankind would stand against God like we can take him out. Like, what are you going to do? Right? But, right? Isn't that how it goes? You know, oh, we're, we're going to get him. Okay. You know? <laughs> Little flea, shoe, fly, shoe, you know? It, it's, it's silly to even think so. Verse, uh, verse 8 where it talks about... Uh, Sorry, verse 9. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and, and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot with fire. These, uh, you know, weapons of warfare, they can be absolutely made to nothing. You know, think of it. Think of the victory that Israel had, right? 185,000 enemies wiped out. 
they didn't have to lift a finger. God went and took them all out, all the enemies out in one night, right? They're all dead in their camp. Crazy. God doesn't need us to fight our battles. All we need to do is trust in him. You know, how many times did the Lord say, uh, you don't count your people or you have too many people? God doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our, we can train all day long. We can do all these things. doesn't matter if we don't have the Lord. We have, if we don't have him, we have nothing. And we're facing these things all by ourselves. He's the one. Now, I'm sure everybody's familiar with this one. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Earth is shaking. Mountains are getting moved. Everything is is just melting around, and everything is going crazy. and And our world can be totally upside down. and And what are we called to do? Be still, and know that I'm God. That's hard to do. <laughs> it is very hard to do. It requires something that God God calls us to have, and that's faith, believing in Him. Faith is believing when we can't see. That's what it is, right? You know, if, if we say we have faith, you know, okay, <laughs> be careful. Because when Jesus said, well, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move that mountain. If you had that much, you could do that, right? <laughs> and then there's like, well, I'm just facing this. It's a pretty small seed, whatever that is, right? That's a pretty small amount of faith that would be required. There was quite a lesson in that. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You know, at, at, when we come to that mindset of, I'm going to be still. I'm going to trust in the Lord. He's going to give me the victory that I need. Then we can just put our focus where it needs to be, our, our worship where it needs to be, right? You notice the whole shift? This whole psalm like shifts right after that sit. And it goes right to uh, that I will be exalted uh, among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth, speaking uh, uh, as the Lord speaking. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Started out saying he's our refuge, and, and uh, now at the end it's saying that he is our refuge. He's our strength. He's the one we can run to. Then we're going to find the faith. We're going to find the strength. and That battle that we're facing, that insurmountable giant that might be standing in front of us is conquerable because of what God is going to do. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation, not necessarily against our lives but how many times have we been in the situation that seems like there's absolutely no way i'm going to be able to get through this this does not make sense at all and god's just kind of <laughs> step aside i got it taken care of right or god's just saying just bring it to me lay it at my feet i got it he wants us to do that he wants to be mighty on our behalf he wants us to call out to him that whole thing, like I said, does he give us more? Yes, he does. And the reason he does is he wants to, when, you know, he's his, in our weakness, he is strong, right? Then we can understand how strong he is. And once we see his faithfulness, once we see his strength, once we see his deliverance come in our lives, what does that do to us? It builds us up, right? 
not only are we going to stand stronger, that then we can encourage others that as they're seeing and as they're facing, we can say, hey, I experienced this, and uh, and this is what I was dealing with, and this is how the Lord ministered to me. I encourage you to seek him uh, also in your lives, and we can share that. Psalm 30, uh, sorry, 47. This is uh, uh, calling us to worship. It's uh, praise God, the ruler of the earth, to the chief, chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Now, uh, this, is, uh, this is more of a loud praise of, of what's happening. Um, this, is, this is an excitement that's happening here. They've experienced victory. And as a result of that victory, um, this is, uh, uh, is uh, going to be a loud praise. You know, there are, are times where we're going to be more bold. We're going to be louder about like, you have to hear this. You know where we can't uh, we can't keep silent and we have to praise and we have to give him glory, right? Verse verse one says, "Oh, clap your hands, all you people! Shout to God with the voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. He will subdue the people uh, peoples under us and the nations under our feet." He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. You know, there's the, the command, there's the, the, to everybody, hey, to clap your hands. We could get way off on this, and that every time we come to church, I got to spin everybody up, and we got people running around. This happens, right? There are churches I've heard of, you have cheer, not like cheerleaders, pom poms, or whatever, but they're literally leading cheers. Come on, and they're just stirring people up. Emotionalism. This is not that. This is true worship. This stirring up emotionalism. A lot of the Christian music today is emotionalism. Unfortunately. That's what, what I'll say. Because I'll listen to a song and I'm like, oh, cool. Lyrics sound good. And then there's this like, I can see this pattern of emotionalism. And I'm going to say the same thing 142 times. And we're just going to get louder as we say it. It's emotionalism. It's powerful, so it moves you emotionally. But you're like, this is starting to sound weird. You know, sound a little bit like vain repetition that's that's condemned in the scripture, right? Because all we're doing is we're just going to keep saying it and get louder and louder. Don't we? There are some. There's a battle cry that sometimes is is going to come from our hearts. That I'm not. I'm not saying that that we wouldn't do something like that. But what we're seeing today is. The the Christian music industry, and I'm not saying everybody within it, but these they're smart people that are marketing music, and they're saying this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Just stir up emotionalism, and and churches have gone the way of of visual stimulation, lights, uh, smoke, you know, all all these things that are are appealing to the eye, and what's happening is our emotions are getting stirred. But where is where is the, the focus of our worship going? <gasps> the lights. Look at the lights, right? Look at the smoke. Look at the mirrors. Look at those things. And it takes the focus off of who we're actually supposed to be worshiping, right? This is not that. This is proper. You know what? You want to praise loud? They're praising God for who he is. The ruler of the earth, it says. Oh, clap uh, I, I, clap your hands, all you people. Shout uh, to God the voice of triumph. This is true worship. This is, this is hey, you know what? You want to get loud over something? Sh shout of the Lord in, in triumph. 
And, uh, you know, I know um, Maine's a pretty stoic place. We don't show a lot of emotions. Uh, it's just, it's kind of Maine. You know, I, I remember when Jen first moved here, she's like, everybody just seems a little stiff. <laughs> you know, and she, she was explaining it to me, maybe not in those same words, but just trying to understand because, you know, down south, they're like, hey, how y'all doing? When you walk in the door and, you know, all those things, it might be completely fake. Don't get me wrong, right? I've, I've walked in and sometimes it can be completely fake. It can be real, you know, but but that, there's a reason they call it Southern hospitality because it's awesome, right? You walk in, you feel like the most important person to just walk through the door. They got it right up here. Like, you know, give them, give them a grunt and a head nod, right? That's what happens, right? We often aren't going to wear our emotions on our sleeves. This is talking about just outright where I don't care who's listening. I'm going to praise the Lord. You know, this isn't like that. Uh, this isn't like, uh, hey, I'm going to go praise on the on the corner so everybody hears me. It's you know what? People are singing. They're yelling about anything else. If I want to say, hey, thanks to the Lord. I'm not just saying like, hey, you know, when God has given us that victory, we we just need to like. I mean, probably not just shout it at work or whatever, but we'll be bold and, and give him credit. Like, hey, remember what I was talking about? God just did it. And we can share it. We can, or, you know, when we're here in praise, man, blurt it out. I don't care if you're off key or not. You know how many times we were trying to figure out a song today, and I'm like, I can't figure this out. You know, but if our hearts are praising, you know, that's that's the important thing. We're pouring our hearts out to the Lord. That's what's happening here. Uh, I don't remember where it was, so I'm going to go to verse 2. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. Verse 5. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. That, uh, seeing a theme here, right? God is the one that we should sing praises to. I know I'm saying this to the Christian. Like, you know, they say the preaching to the choir. I get it. But, man, we are so quick, even as a nation, just, you know, we can sing the song of a heathen like crazy. Like, we, you, we know there are some of those heathen songs in this country that are so popular, everybody knows them and none of them are coming to my mind right now. I'm like totally blank on them, but everybody's going to sing them, right? You know, and they'll, they'll sing it out, even though it's a completely heathen rebellious song, they'll sing it out, you know, and, 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 and sing it loud. Like, hey, everybody's singing it out. But, but when it comes to praises, you know, it's just like, I, I don't want to be heard singing. Right? This, this is, I love this because what it's doing is like, we have to praise God. We have to. And please don't mistake this for me saying, hey, the church isn't singing loud enough. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is when we are praising the Lord, we need to do so with all our hearts, all our soul. We just lift our hearts to him. Sometimes we may be singing quietly and everything, but my encouragement is for us not to be afraid to lift our voices. We're called to. We're commanded to. These are commands from the scripture to praise God. And that as we do it, you're off key, cool, whatever, you know, might, you know, uh, maybe not scream it, but, um, uh, you know, and, and just distract everything. But, but pour, never mind, I'm going to go uh, off on that, pour our hearts out to the Lord. It's, it's so important for us. Um, 
uh, we'll go to verse 7. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with, uh, with understanding. I like that. Sing praises with understanding. This isn't just blabbing away. Singing praises with understanding. That's an important thing of worship is understanding who he is and what he's done for us, right? Because there, uh, there are songs that sometimes we've even talked about. We were talking about one this morning, like, hey, we just need to change a word or two in that. Because uh, we, when we look at biblical understanding, this, that, that word doesn't quite fit there. We switch it to that, sweet, we can sing it, you know. Not that it was right, written with any type of malice or anything, but hey, this isn't scriptural. But if we change that, now it is. We're good to go. And we sing the song. You know, and, and as we, uh, I mean, us, us guys work together uh, at least three times a week, um, you know, and, and we're uh, just playing away. And, and our goal every time that we meet, we, we also have a, a separate band that we work on on Christian songs together. It's a bit heavier um, at times. Right. I and mean, we're not screaming into the microphone or anything like that, but it's 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 Christian rock. And uh, because that's we all like rock music and, and those things. But, you know, as we're, we understand, we're not out here to have a spotlight on us. We are doing this so that we can do something that God has put in our hearts that we like to do to bring glory and attention to him and, and to praise him with that understanding of who we are and who he is. Right. Because if we're going out there just to play, OK, now the spotlight's on me. We're at church and we're putting spotlight on him. But now we're in this band. That's not the case at all. It's just going to sound a little different. And it, every single one of us, as we're playing, you know, we're like, oh, this song, listen to the powerful lyrics. That's usually what gets us. I mean, there's some cool sound. We've, we've heard some things and we're like, yeah, but that doesn't really line up. We're not going to do that. You know, just putting these things together, praising him and sing to him with understanding. When we understand who he is, those praises are going to be different, aren't they? We can praise a whole lot of things. Like in our, in our heathen day, we were praise, singing praises of whatever, right? You know, just think of alcohol, the songs that are sang about, like the party. Just just think of the party that's, you know, that the, the bread solo cup, okay? You know, or, you know, there's a song called alcohol, you know, just all these things. And, 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 and praising, it's literally a praise of these things that is literally wrecking and destroying lives. Right. It's a praise song to partying, you know, but praising God with understanding of who he is. Then our heart is in the right place. God reigns over the nations. God sits verse uh, verse eight. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. This is a psalm about proper praise and proper worship to the Lord. You know, that, that even, even uh, leadership would, would gather in his name. That the people are, are gathered together to praise. Oh, I, I wish our nation was there. I, I, I wish that was the case. That we as a nation were seeking the face of the Lord. We wouldn't have discussions like we were talking about earlier. Before this started, oh, this nation is in such great need of the Lord. But if we look at this, even of the church, right, even in the church, if we want to be truthful and we want to really examine where the church is 
and we consider where the church is in this in this day and age, this church is about being entertained. As a whole, the Christian church in America is about entertainment. It is. We have churches of 25, 30,000 people, and they're being fed popcorn, spiritual popcorn or physical popcorn. We've talked about that recently. Church having movie night with completely like no spiritual movie at all. I'm like, oh, so they are giving them physical popcorn and spiritual popcorn, right? Popcorn, all it does is make you thirsty, right? It doesn't fill. A, like if you're really hungry, I don't want popcorn. That's the worst thing for me because I'm chewing and I'm not getting anything but air, right? There's no sustenance from popcorn. There's salt that's only going to make me thirst more. Or I'm going to want candy, chocolate, right? There's nothing that's being offered. There's just a little bit being offered. Hey, this might taste good. It's going to offer you nothing, but we'll give you this. We're about being entertained. That's the, the, this nation is in, uh, even the, the American church is so caught up in being entertained. How many times have we had the discussion of, uh, of, uh, with uh, maybe with a loved one, or maybe we've been there that we've, that we've realized, wait a minute, I'm not learning anything. I've had this conversation with people at work. They've, they've been like, man, I've been at a spot at, at church and I realized that they're not feeding any, there's no spiritual food coming at all. There's nothing. You know, where the scripture talks about milk and meat, right? This isn't even milk. I've, I've heard people say that. I'm getting nothing out of this. And they're looking for other churches. It's sad because oftentimes they've got a worship team that sounds awesome. I mean, really good. Very impressive. Great vocals, great sound, tight, uh, you know, uh, transition of chords and all those things. They can have all that all together, but there's nothing there. It's just air. You know, I, I, I pray that the, that the church, even here in America, that, it, that we would need that revival within the church here. Oh man, that we, that the focus wouldn't be about being entertained, but be about proper worship, understanding, sing praise with understanding. That's important. Understanding what the scriptures has to say. The more, right, right. Tell me this isn't right. The more we understand about God's grace, about his mercy, the more we grow to love him even more. Whom, you know, who he who's been forgiven much loves much, right? When we realize the pit that we were in, that, that how sinful we are. And when we have that, when we're singing with understanding, oh, it means so much more, doesn't it? You know, when maybe maybe when we were new to church and you hear everybody singing the songs and you're like, I don't know what these songs mean. Then when it clicks and the Holy Spirit grabs our hearts and we come to faith and, and we start walking with the Lord, that song means something totally different. Right. That's because we're now singing with understanding. Singing with understanding is going to help us properly worship. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the understanding that you give us, that your spirit ministers to us. Oh, God, thank you for your word. Let it be our guide that we would trust you, that we uh, would learn it. Lord, that we would understand and that we would properly worship you and trust in you. Help us, God, to stand and to trust in you no matter what we face.
now or in the future, trusting you to carry us through and that you would show yourself strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace to you. Have a good rest of your evening.